The following program contains coarse language and nudity. Discretion is advised. Okay, hey there folks, this is Kristen Williams with another Trans Advocate Podcast, and today we have the Pre-Apocalyptic Podcast. Yes. Welcome to the Scoutist Podcast. It, it's pre-apocalyptic, huh? Yeah, yeah. Well, at, so, at least wait, that's, that's wait, what I heard wait, in media. Wait, before we even introduce ourselves. If this is pre-apocalyptic, yes. that would mean that everything before this has been sort of okay with all this shit Trump and Pence are doing. Well, oh, this is really hard to swallow. Yeah. Well, what's coming, as you know, is that everything's going to shit, and you know we're all going to be, you know, just everything. We're everything's going bad. I mean, it's. I I listen to pundits, and pundits know what's going on. So therefore. Things are bad. Things are going to get super bad, and then everything's going to go right out the door. Right? That—that's what I'm hearing. And I'm pundits at, never lie. They uh, never <laughs> over-exaggerate anything. They're not, never sensationalistic, especially if they're on the internet. <laughs> I'm looking around at Kristen's stress ball. I think she needs it. My, today. Ah, she's, oh, there already, it is. she's already okay, starting. Okay, it, it was hidden. Yeah. Yeah. There's my stress ball. Right. Okay. Hi, this is Kristen Williams. <laughs> so, I'm here so with I, a trans I, advocate, and today we have our regular podcast crew, which is, balls. <laughs> which is which is Robin Mack and Alexis. Sorry, Hi. I interrupted beforehand. I, I just I, I think we're I, I have we're my happy place. Apocalyptic and pre-apocalyptic at the same time. I don't know what you're talking about. I am fine. I'm, in a happy I'm place. good. I have. No, she did not get drugs in the last three minutes. <laughs> Before that, I don't know. You know I, I, I don't have think so. my Starbucks in one hand and a and a stress ball in the other, and I'm good and, now. And, and water just in case that will keep Robin from yes. pushing hydration yes, too much. Lots of hydration. So post, post pride. pride. At least, okay, so we're post-Pride, right? That's kind of what I thought you were talking about for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> so how did Pride go? Pride went great. We had a 40-year anniversary here in Houston, and it was a topic of share your own narrative, and we had what I like to call the Pride Marathon. We were in the history tent with the trans archives, Mm. and we did a float build, a float walk, and a float deconstruction. Those are a lot of And I heard that you had some sort of... some sort of a antique vehicle in the yeah we had yes. a fire truck did i did you know you left out the fire truck i did leave out the fire oh, truck. the only reason i, I went to the parade yes. was because we out. had a fire I truck i left out the fire truck and, but uh, i also heard that there was a problem that you didn't have very many people we have had time marching in the pride parade where when we won an award we had to actually constrict people from the crowd to walk with us to carry the banner because we didn't have enough people this year was not one of those years right. the, the count that that i got was either 126 or 127 people mm-hmm. in our contingent but they kept moving so that could be plus or minus a few people who are having fun at pride move, move a lot we had yes. uh drummers lead the way after the banner boys and well the yeah the ba- banner boys danced the entire way yes <laughs> they, they were way more energetic yes, than with anybody nice little else rainbow tails and then, oh, I saw that. Yes. Yeah. And we had a, an assortment of flags, you know, mm-hmm. non-binary, uh, gender neutral, trans, like, I don't know. They were just flagging don't away. Don't forget the intersex. Well, I was going to say, we definitely had intersex. Uh, we had a, f- a few people walk with the intersex society after the drummers. Did the drummers have a name? I don't want to be rude. I don't oh, wait, remember wait, what wait, their wait, group wait, is. Wait, 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 wait. Are you saying that the intersex society walked 
with the trans contingent. Wait, wait, According yes. to the internet, those two <laughs> sections hate each other. Oh, and well. that tone is back again. <laughs> oh, what are wait, you saying that the internet wrong. is wrong? <laughs> but well, this is Houston. It doesn't yeah. apply to Houston. I've oh, decided. Okay. Houston's gotcha. pretty diverse. We all get along. <laughs> and then uh, we had two political groups walking with us. That was nice. And then we had our favorite uh, group of people that work at Empire Cafe, the cake. Oh, the, the cake. cake makers, so, they were walking so, with us. Yes, yes. Okay, so we've got them. Yes. Like, we're slowly reeling My them in. My face lights up because yeah. I yes. say Robin, cake. Robin's been pushing for, you know, a cake and coffee sponsorship yeah. for a long time. <laughs> slowly pulling them in. Slowly. Our, our you're, Monday you're like night, a dealer. Yeah, hey, here, yeah. just, just show just up. Just a little you'll, you'll slice like of cake. <laughs> yeah. I am not the only one doing cake wars in this nation. So. <laughs> but, but, Although know, I never me, understood why we need someone else to make and I really don't think Empire Cafe cares who they sell cake to. Mm-mm. Oh, hell no. Oh, no. no <laughs> I no. think it's like they money. Were, they were in the parade and they were filling themselves. They loved it. Cool. So it was cool. great. And I, I understand Joe, uh, he, he uh, the, Joe Rosenstein, yeah? Mm. Rosenthal. Rosenthal. John, yeah. And that would be John Rosenthal. John, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they got the name completely wrong. <laughs> At first I thought you were like... And, and you know, I guess if he'd like come over and done a podcast, you'd get it right. Oh, right. wait, he yeah. did do yeah. one. <laughs> <laughs> so he he was there. He, he I think that we uh, asked him and he just absolutely accepted right off the bat without any prodding from Alexis that she... <laughs> You well, know, pretty much he, he did. He could. I think so. He he also helped us come and get the uh, archives out of the storage. Oh, unit, excellent! So he's, wow, he's really and, helpful. And, and yeah. you know, I, I think when he accepted, he maybe didn't know what he'd gotten himself into. But <laughs> <laughs> you know, but that's okay. You know, one thing about the Pride Parade here in Houston is that once the parade starts, you don't get out till the end. <laughs> there's right. no place yeah, to there's go. There's cages everywhere. You can't get out. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, all in all, it sounds like it was hot and well attended. And but we managed. I mean, everyone was really hydrated this year. Cool, that cool. Was and and, my main and thing. you know, we have uh, the big reflecting pool that everyone seems to swim in for some reason. It sounds really. I have to say, woo. Alexis and I didn't get out and walk around much. <laughs> I, we were in an I, I looked tent. over that direction yeah. and said, "No way, no how." That just no looks way. like a huge urine contamination pool uh, that I don't want to. You know, yeah, uh, no. But I remember were... the one year there was a bomb threat right after Pulse shooting. They, oh, they right, right, to, yes. to bomb us in Houston. And my mom was very scared that I had mm-hmm. to go. Uh, my partner was working the festival, so just couldn't not go. But it was yeah, that... raining and lightning during one part of the festival. And, and my mom calls to see if I'm okay. And I'm like, I'm by City Hall. I'm by all the police officers. <laughs> it's raining and lightning. There's not a lot of people here yet. And she goes, oh, great. It's like a, it's like a game. They're going to call it. And I was like, no, no, no. <laughs> It's more like the clothes are coming off. They're going into the reflection pool. And she's like, oh, man. And, and, you know, it probably one of the safer places in the world during the pride parade we we do have a lot of police protection who are all friendly and nice and yeah we do and, and well, the whole bit well i i heard in uh san francisco things did not go uh off without a hitch uh they they had a bomb scare they were having uh the gay men's chorus they were going to do uh, a set for people and uh there was a bomb threat called in they had to evacuate um that sucked um and during the parade 
um, a contingent of TERFs uh, decided that they were going to heckle trans people. And uh, then it turns out that apparently they assaulted a trans person. There's some pictures out there. I mean, so first, the first thing that I heard was like the turf version, which was, you know, there was this poor old woman that with a cane and she was, you know, uh, they were trying to take her cane away and and stuff. And then the pictures come out, and what you see is this woman, you know, middle-aged woman with a cane that has a brass top that has that's in the shape of a rabbit head, where the ears are pointing out backwards, so it's a pointed. And she's swinging it at people. And, and that would be an attack with a deadly weapon. It's simple. you know, I, I, I get that. That wouldn't have happened in Houston. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. She Mm-mm. she wouldn't have made it three feet. <laughs> I'm serious. I mean, there were hecklers. No, there no, was no yeah. question about them. Yeah, we uh, put them in their own little spot. <laughs> we're very friendly. We give them their spot. Yeah, sure. And they can heckle all they want. It. And, that's it. And all if you, four if you of look them. at the, <laughs> yeah, there weren't very many this year. Yeah. And you look at the police officers who are assigned to make sure that they don't do anything no. they shouldn't. And the police officers are all smiling and laughing mm-hmm. at, at the stuff they're saying. And I, I mean, because at that point, all that's happening right around them is like displays of queerness, like uber yes. queerness. <laughs> like, yes. but, but they actually have one of the better spots in the parade. They they are right where they can see the entire stage. Mm-hmm. They can see the VIP bleachers are right next to those. I mean, it, they are given a prime spot. Mm-hmm. Now, they aren't allowed to do this anyplace else. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and also people in the parade or outside of the parade are not allowed to you just act, ignore them. You're not allowed to act <laughs> amok. Like, you know, there's there are people take that really seriously. We sign pride rules that we have to go yep. over mm-hmm. we have even walking in the parade this is not we have a pass to be freaks in the street this is like we have to make sure people are taken care of because mm-hmm. it is houston mm-hmm. heat it is a big uh right par- it, it's a very big parade it, people forget about how big it is yeah, so. we had 169 units by the end of the parade they mm-hmm. added one after the parade had started to roll and they also had an astros game very close to there <laughs> oh at the same God. time. I mean, in, people wow. don't understand and, unless you're thinking about maybe Harvey pictures or something like how spread out Houston is. I mean, mm-hmm. my mother on 1960 could care less about the parade. I mean, right. she, like she, <laughs> the only reason why she knows it happens because I was in it. So, but right. she wasn't. Yeah, she's as far away as it is it. across some states. In fact, exactly. The, not even the smallest ones. But, so it could be happening to the tune of thousands of people, and then the other thousands don't even know about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, I, and didn't one didn't like where was it the the woodlands had a pride thing they're about to they're they're about to and and that's really cool because this will be their first pride celebration that's really amazing because if if you're from houston if you know anything about the woodlands it's you know it has been known to be slightly conservative slightly conservative (laughs) meaning like here in houston we had this uh broussard murder case where the Woodlands teens were supposed to have come down and, you know, basically beaten a gay person to mm-hmm. death. So, I mean, in in kind of the queer consciousness of Houston, the Woodlands has always had this, like, right-wing, anti-queer, mm-hmm. f- like, thing going on that they're do- they are doing a pride parade. That's right. 
That's that's a huge step forward. I huge feel like it was huge forward. when Beaumont did their parade. Yeah. Right? You know? Oh, my God. One. They asked the gentleman to come down and perform. I was like, that's, you're, you're going to have to have a few before we go. Like, oh, speaking of hard. thunder and rain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you know, um, one of the things that I was thinking about, uh, you know, because I, I, I had knee problems before Pride, and I didn't treat them well, shall we say. <laughs> and so I had real knee problems afterwards. But I was thinking about it, and I'm like, you know, Houston actually, I think, typifies more of the LGBT experience than a lot of prides because we have to do a lot of perseverance and survival on top mm-hmm. of ours. I mean, we're like, okay, yeah, we know it's going to be close to 100 degrees. That's all okay. We're still doing it in yeah. June because that's the month we're supposed to. Yes, we know the humidity is going to be 100%. It always uh-huh. is. Uh-huh. That's okay. We're still yeah. going to do it in June. And, we, and it's going to rain. It's yeah. it's probably, probably going to rain, which it probably. didn't. But it didn't. But it and it and we we also it. know that just because of the size of Houston and the size of the parade and everything, that we're going to have to walk a mile to get to the floats mm-hmm. unless you play Uber and get closer on the side. It's still and then, a hike. then we're yeah. going to have to walk a mile along with the floats until the parade starts, and then uh-huh. we'll do like a mile and a half for the parade, and then we're going to spend the next three hours cleaning up the floats and getting things mm-hmm. done. Mm-hmm. Th- this is actually pretty, undertaking. pretty good perseverance on the part of it, and then <laughs> yeah. we still do it and think it was fun, which might mean that we're a little perverse in that right. way. I'm not well, sure. And there's people who ask, why don't we have a trans march, or why don't we have a, our own different days? Because some, some places like San Francisco How many people do they want? We had 120. Right. So, <laughs> yeah, know. they have their own days, and it's like, uh-huh. well, you don't understand what it takes to get city roads and uh-huh. you know we were, we're already uh-huh. doing this other marathon and i i love how we just do it together though mm-hmm. well mm-hmm. and we were not the only transgender related group plus there were Absolutely transgender not. people all through the parade i yes. mean yeah yes. uh, so I, I i again the thing that about houston queer culture is that uh, for forever uh the bad guy is easily identifiable to us we don't have to look at each other and go, oh, you're the bad guy. No, you're the bad guy. You're the bad no. guy. And all this like separation bullshit. We've always been pretty good at being able to go, okay, we all see what the issue is. Right. We all have the uh, a common problem mm-hmm. and we're going to work together on it. And, and in fact, some of the splits that happen within the trans community were imposed upon us by uh you know national groups that existed on the coasts um and and so the i think that the character of the houston trans community has always been about inclusion Mm -hmm. and support and community and all that kind of good stuff that um it seems to get kind of lost in some identity like politics whenever i say identity politics mm-hmm. it's like uh, oh well we we can't have the cross dressers uh, uh, the, the intersex people need to stay separate uh, the, mm-hmm. the the well, the and, and the, the funny thing is you know that that happens in quote public unquote ever now and then and, and there's always something going on within our community where group a doesn't like group b etc <laughs> but then all the phone calls and going out and having coffee sort of belie that shall we say (laughs) and then there are times that perhaps there's some groups that are going a direction that's not really good and you'll find that the the people who quote hate each other are doing this scheming behind the scenes (laughs) to to make things happen and sort of use that and turn it the right direction how many times there's a a couple of you're not supposed to say anything about that (laughs) there's a there's a couple there's so many instances where 
You know, it's like we get together behind the scenes and we're like, okay, so this is a public thing that we need to put out there. Okay, you're going to be the good cop or I'm going to be the bad bad cop. And and we just kind of roll with it. It works. We get it done and move forward. But uh, that's that's happened several, several times. Right, right. I'm sure it'll happen again. Yeah, there's there's a couple of those going on right now. Well, if you're only sort of like online platforming or if you're new to community, it can be um sensitive to find out you know where do you belong in these groups you know Mm -hmm. i'm meeting more non-binary people i'm meeting more people that are just maybe undecided on where they're at on the gender spectrum and i love that there's uh you know more space to figure that out these days it Mm -hmm. seems like and and they don't want to take up space of trans people because there's a step up step back sort of rule that happens if you're in social media or if you're in social groups and you hear that you're supposed to give space to trans people but mm-hmm. I, I love what I love about Houston is is that we're we're very um we're just very inclusive you know it's like mm-hmm. if, if you're exploring your gender journey well guess what so are they <laughs> you know it may or may not include hormones it may or may not include sur- surgeries and they may need some particularly like one-on-ones or safe spaces to talk about that but that doesn't mean that you're not included mm-hmm. and so i find myself telling um you know gender neutral non-binary uh gender queer people like you know you're in- you're yeah 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 you're included too but they're getting an impression mainly from social media that they're not included in trans spaces right but so, you yeah, know I- and, and one of the big things I guess I look at is that there are a lot of people who think that everything's clearly defined. Mm-hmm. <laughs> One thing I know is that nothing is clearly Houston defined is when all it comes about to the gray. Yes, I, I like the well, gray. Like if, and, but if I you're mean, waiting for a non-binary group to start, that's a whole nother night. Like, it's <laughs> <laughs> a whole nother group. It's a whole nother, like, you know, like, let's just all get along, you know? Ultimately, we'll all be, you know... And, and if you feel like you need one, start it. Yeah. We'll, we'll mm-hmm. advertise it. Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> you know, if nobody yeah. shows up, okay, then you know. There you go. Then you <laughs> so, try and, so, and, and the one thing I, I find is that the best way in Houston to become ostracized in the various communities is to be non-inclusive. Yeah. Yes. You start mm-hmm. excluding people and pretty soon you're going to find everybody's like, look, we don't do that. <laughs> I love that. I love that because it really is clear who the real enemy is and we don't need any more. So I, hey, I want to take a quick break and remind people of a couple of things. And when we come back, I, I, I want to talk about some primary stuff, uh, some things that are coming up Wait, on the horizon. We, have, we still have primaries still going on? still have primaries coming up. Uh, some things that are happening nationwide that's on everyone's agenda. And uh, I want to talk about how to deal with the realities that we're facing in a very Houston-centric way. So we've been here, done this before. We're fucking going to get through it. So that's what we want to talk to you about right after this. If you're trans, intersex, or genderqueer and are a victim of a disaster, we can help with our Trans Disaster Relief Fund. And if you're going to college, university, or trade school, you can apply for one of our scholarships. Located in Houston, Texas, we hold weekly support group meetings and run the only community-owned transgender archive that's open to the public. Also, please keep in mind that our 2018 Houston Transgender Unity Banquet will be held Saturday, September 15, 2018. If you'd like to learn more about any of this, just go to transadvocate.com. So, hey, we're back. And before we get going, I want to tell you about the 13 primaries that are coming up in 13. August. That's 13. Interesting. 14 so, or 13? 13. 13. 13. So, um, if you hear 
your state come up, that means that you have a primary that you need to be involved with. Um, and so um, here we go. We've got Alaska, Arizona, Connecticut, Florida, Hawaii, Kansas, Michigan, Minnesota, Missouri, Tennessee, Washington, Wisconsin, and Wyoming. You all have primaries coming up in August. And so what that means is you need to make sure that you're registered, you need to participate, you need to support candidates who are going to support you, support our kids in our schools, and do your part to make sure that people have a safe place to be in their schools, in their uh, neighborhoods, uh, you you need to invest the the five ten minutes it's going to take to get off the couch off and out of the from behind the computer video games or whatever you need to be involved absolutely you need to be involved and this is how you make sure that you have protections you give power to people who will protect you and if you're just now having your primary. You may have to do that three times between now and the end yeah. of the year. One for the primary, one for the runoff, and one for the real general election. So just get ready. So for you it. might have to invest a whole like 30 minutes, maybe 45 minutes out of your life over the next few months to ensure that, you know, you have civil rights. So I think that's a pretty good trade-off. And some of these some of these races are really close. So yes. I mean, your vote really does matter and you your actions really do have an impact and I don't know a lot of other things that you could be doing that would have that much impact right now. Yeah, you, you, if you're not v registered to vote, you can go to the Trans Advocate, look under resources on the menu, and you will find register to vote. And we have a little widget thing that will take you through registering online. A lot of these places do have online registration, so you can do that if you're not, uh, if your state isn't one of them that let you register online. It'll take you through the entire registration process and tell you what you need to do. So it's super simple. Just do it and get involved. And if you think you'll be bored or anything, <laughs> something you might do, and that is go look up your state's election rules. Uh -huh. Secretary of State in most states will have the election rules published online. Read through them. Most of the people in that line with you haven't read them. And, <laughs> and if the people who are running the polls aren't abiding by them, bring it up and see what happens. Because <laughs> you have a right to do that. What's uh, what, awesome what, is if you come as a group. Well, yeah, that right. doesn't work Super better. fun. <laughs> but but one, of, one of the big things that happens in Texas a lot is, you know, there's distance markers where you can't be campaigning inside <laughs> these distance markers. And the distance markers are supposed to be 100 feet from the polls. So, you know, you can't do any campaigning or anything like that. I've found distance markers here in Houston that seem like they're a mile and a half from the polls. <laughs> it's like, it's almost like the campaign workers or the poll workers just pick a spot and stick them in. And, and when you talk to the election judge and say, you know, your distance markers are a little bit far away. Mm -hmm they know exactly where they're supposed to be. And usually they're like, oh, okay, well, go help me move them with you. Mm -hmm. And then, there, you know, in a lot of states, Texas included, there's some voter ID rules and you have to have various sorts of ID. Well, a lot of times they might not tell you all the options, but mm -hmm. if you've read the rules and there's know. somebody who says, oh gosh, I don't have whatever that is. And they're like, then you can't vote. 
maybe you can't. You can be helpful. It, it, mm-hmm. it, you know, just know the rules. They're interesting. And you might also get upset when you see some of the rules and decide <laughs> you really do need to vote for some of these people who can change them. <laughs> well, um, so we've got a couple of other changes coming up with the Trans Advocate. If you go to the Trans Advocate right now, you will find that it's been redesigned. Ooh. Yes. And, and it's is it very... a new modern design or is it an old clunky one? It's actually a quite modern design uh, and streamlined, and uh, it, it seems, it feels like, at least to me, you go there, the stuff that you're looking for is right there. You don't have to hunt and peck through, you know, tons of stuff. So It's, it's new and non-clunky. I was non-clunky. hoping for old clunky, but you know. Because yeah. Yeah, so I'm old and clunky. You know, so we've got weekend. that going on. Also, we're going to... Um, we need to come up with a word for these groups. Is it a group, a chapter, or whatever, or whatever? But like we have the Brazil group, right? Oh, okay, the I, I, Brazil I trans trans advocate, and now we're going to have a UK trans advocate. I sort of like division. A, a division? Yeah. Oh, okay. okay. So we've got a Brazilian division, and uh-huh. now we're going to have a UK division. UK in the house. Yeah, UK in the house. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, that's too much of my house right Yeah, just the other day I was uh, talking to the folks who were going to be heading that up, uh, working with them to get all of their credentials, the, the stuff that they need for their press credentials, so that they can do uh, reporting there and uh, cover what's going on. Because in the UK, man, they're they're, they're, the state of their anti-trans UK media is significantly deplorable. I mean, just really, really horrific. Um, and so they've certain the UK folks certainly have their work cut out for them. And and you know one of the concerns I have is the U.S. is heading that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, UK way ahead of us on it. Oh, on, way on way anti-trans. Yes. Um, there's lots of reasons for it, but I think. You know, with the Trump administration where they are and with all the stuff that's going on, the media actually is, is becoming less friendly, shall we say. Well, that's the thing. The, the, as, as we get dragged towards the right, the center become, gets dragged with it, too. So where, whereas the center might be, hey, everyone has equality, the center now becomes, well, at least you get to live today. Right. Right. Someone said to me about the Pride Parade, well, it really isn't about reaching people or making an impact. It's about the fact that you're given permission to have the parade. Oh. And I thought, thanks. Wow. Okay. Well, actually, as citizens of the city of Houston, we have the right to reserve street closures. Mm -hmm. That would be a right as a citizen. Like we get to. And, you know, (laughs) the the fact is they get the right to watch our parade. (laughs) That's true. We could be charging admission. It's pretty pretty darn interesting. And I'm not just talking about the people on the middle of the barriers. That's true. That are running by and close. I'm talking about the people in the crowd. That's very true. There's so many people who have fun at our our parade. Um, um, I, I was going to say that, you know, it, sometimes it can get a little upsetting and bleak with all the media. And I came across BBC News earlier today. They were saying that um, LGBT people in London are looking to get a new alcohol-free space. The band 1975 is crowdsourcing to get a GLBT center. 
And apparently, like, in Manchester and maybe a few other places, there is a center, but there's not one currently in London. Oh, So uh, they're really close to their goal, and they're uh, just happy to have places that are sober and uh, not just uh, bars to go to that are open 24 hours a day that they can meet up and have support groups and get to know their history. This can be edited out if necessary, but... I think, you know, Dylan, who just finally arrived. (laughs) Finally. Finally. I mean, we've been trying to hold the... Do you know how hard it is to fill space? Yeah. (laughs) How could you do this to us, Dylan? I'm so sorry. You hate us. This this was because apparently people maybe have been questioning that he was trans. So he wanted to show up way late to prove he was trans. (laughs) Trans time. Yes. Trans time. Let's take a real quick break, and then we'll have Dylan with us when we come back. And we're back. And so, as you may have heard, we got crashed by someone. Who is this someone? Podcast crashed. Well, yeah, he's he's close to becoming a regular. One more time, and that's it. (laughs) Oh, nice. I think I can make that happen. Let's do it. Let's do it. I have a goal now. Yes. (laughs) So, who are you? So, I'm Dylan Forbes, um, Houstonian turned Brazoria County resident. Mm -hmm. Um, And I I was on here maybe about, what, four months ago, being interviewed for my run towards the uh, Texas House during the March primary. And, you know, it's funny because earlier we were just talking about the uh, 13 primaries that are coming up in the next week uh. and we're sort of like you know ours seems like five years ago yeah no it does <laughs> in the context of like political history oh, yeah. it's just yeah it's forever mm-hmm. so yet another kind of you know I, I think a theme we're going to keep on coming back to over and over again in this podcast is the way we in Houston deal with shit and you know here we have someone who ran uh, openly trans in Brazoria County. And those of you from the Houston, Texas area will have an idea of what that means. Harris County is at least middle of the road, maybe even liberal. Brazoria County, no. No, hard stop. (laughs) (laughs) Brazoria County is someplace right of, oh, I don't know what, but a whole lot of things. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Right of the right. It's it's definitely interesting. So my time down there, one thing that I see is it's it's Mm non-voting. Definitely so non voting. I grew up there. I grew up there. Right, I yeah. know what you're talking about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's very disenfranchised. You know, mm-hmm. there's some of the political activists here in this area who have said that, well, the non voting doesn't matter. No. And I'm like, because <laughs> it, it doesn't help anyone or hurt anyone. I'm like, yes, it does. It I mean, anyone. if it was an equal non-voting liberal and conservative then it wouldn't matter yeah but it's not it's the liberals that don't vote yeah. yes it is it's the one thing that too i was... edgy to vote you know <laughs> well, is... what we really have against us is the right side the conservative side they have the national narrative mm-hmm. being led by the media doing all of their groundwork for them of so course. everything like when it comes to the media it starts from the bottom and so they're the ones voting in their local elections mm-hmm. they're the ones voting at their HOA meetings they're the ones you know voting and so we have to combat that well and the thing about it is that even the liberal media actually carries their message because oh, they're yeah. like oh it's so horrible and then what you get is 
their message. Yeah. Yes. Oh, here's what's so bad. Let me lead with the <laughs> yeah. racial slur someone put out there. Right. Yeah. And, it's, and, like, it, and yeah. it's sort of like, no, you need to just drop that. Yeah. Um, Mm-hmm. But but it, it it's it's the same thing everywhere, and it's mm-hmm. like no, you know, you need to actually start doing some reporting on the positive things. Positive in my mind means not like to the right of as far as you can see a right. <laughs> <or something. laughs> yeah. So not just just like to uh, you know, so if you're not from Houston, um, you may not know that you know Houston cops used to you know murder. Uh, the trans folks, the queer folks in Houston, uh, quite uh, like pretty much at will, and they were yeah, never really prosecuted. They, they like, went in; it was no bill, boom, gone. Yeah, done. it was. Yeah. It was like with impunity. There was, and there was no real like public outcry. There's, you know, nobody was, cared. Yeah, nobody cared. Um, you know, we had the Klan, literally the Klan. Marching through the gay area of town. Well, yeah, but that was actually funny. I will say, so I, I worked for a city council um, race in this past election in Pearland. And someone went up to one of our volunteers at a booth um, on the east side of town and told them, the Klan is very alive and well in Brazoria County. Mm-hmm. You know, so. And see, one of the things that's interesting, and, and this, 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 is, this is sort of sharing a little bit Horrible. of my history, but it's stuff people have to think about a little bit. And that is that uh, my father was was very much an equality and in rights person, and he ran for office in Illinois for one of the uh, state's attorney's positions. And since he really believed in human rights and believed in equality, that meant he had to be a Republican, mm-hmm. because at, at that time, time yes. the, mm-hmm. the Democrats were controlled by the KKK. Yes. And it, it's funny because I hear a lot of Democrats saying, oh, they're horrible. It's like, no, this switched in like 65, 64, somewhere around mm-hmm. there. But but it was it's sort of interesting that that's that was what he had to do if he wanted to run, you know, and, and be anything positive, you know, human rights. And so now you sort of have the invert. And now it's sort of like I keep wondering, where is it that the Klan lives politically? Because I'm not sure. Now, and just, you know, a few decades ago, we had uh, uh, Mayor Louis Welch. You know, he, he uh, said that the best way to deal with HIV would be to shoot the queers. And whenever he said that on live TV, his, he got more support in that 24 hours than he had in his entire campaign. I mean, he got huge support. And, um, and, and, and you know, that, that sort of thing is is scary, but it's been there before. And, you know, part of it is that's where we are right now. So exactly. So I wanted to kind of recalibrate everyone's uh, understanding of what it means to live in our culture, because we have been here before and we've thrived through that before (laughs) and and we've moved forward. And unfortunately, and, and we've we've mentioned this a whole bunch of times on the podcast before, but there's a lot of people that just haven't lived through that. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, drop the despair. We just have to get moving and keep going forward. Now, you know, one of the things that really worries me, and, and since, you know, Dylan's our prime Democrat here. <laughs> I'm not a Democrat. I don't think I'm a Republican anymore, but no yeah. way, no how. But I'm not a Democrat. Yeah. And, you know, one of my big concerns is that, Quite honestly, everything I've seen from the Democratic Party locally and nationally seems like chaos. And yeah. they're fighting each other. They aren't fighting the Republican. Mm-hmm. They're 
policies seem to be all over the place. And as soon as one that looks like it's good comes up, they throw it away because someone attacks it and, and all that. Yeah. And I think right before Pride, there was a Texas Democratic convention. Yes, there was. Were you there? Yes, I was Oh, there. imagine yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, I was so there. So what happened? Um, so actually, um, I was fortunate enough to be elected as a delegate for my precinct. And uh, so after I lost my race, um, I decided that I needed to have a backup plan. And that backup plan consisted of, um, I, I saw a lot of gaps that there were in Brazoria County. Mm-hmm. And um, step one, step up to be precinct chair for my precinct. So I am precinct chair of um, precinct 13. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, Brazoria County. You know, we're Ooh. doing lots of 13s today. Yeah. There were 13 primaries, your precinct chair. <laughs> oh, see, yeah, there it is. Yeah, say the 13th. Yeah. No. It's not, it's it must not. be the full moon. It's the, oh, is it the 26th? Moon. Yeah. No. Maybe it's a <laughs> double no, moon. No, it's the 28th. Uh, well, never mind. <laughs> and, uh, and so then um, I've I, now elected um rosaria county young democrats president so Fantastic. yeah that's, that's wow, huge going man. on and so um i've been very engaged and my big thing is history and education mm-hmm. and bringing those things to our county to the people there and in you know empowering people to feel that this is a part of their lives because one thing that i like to say is when i go into these groups is you are the government turn to your neighbor and say you are the government turn to your neighbor and say you are a politician because if we want to enact policies that improve our lives and improve our communities, we have to have the mindset that we are the ones that create policies. We're politicians, right? Mm-hmm. And so, so, the convention. So what did the Democrats do at the convention that's going to carry the day so that we don't have to put up with <laughs> Republicans in Washington so anymore? So much stuff. Oh, my God. <laughs> so the convention was amazing. And as far as like uh-huh. not dealing with Republicans anymore, I'm not sure if that's something that we talked about at the convention. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, well. did you talk about uh, how to deal with any hate? Like, are no. people experiencing? No. So uh, well, one mean, thing we that went with all this, like maybe like possible pushback that you might get, did, did you get any? Have, did you guys talk about any of that? So one thing. Um, so I ran for a committee, and mm. so when you go to the convention. There's temporary committees that meet before the convention starts, and they decide the rules, the resolutions people are going to look at, and the platform, and that's all the temporary committee. And then there's the permanent committee. So, so, so these are like the smoky room type uh, politicians. Yeah, if this was like forty, anymore. yeah, forty years ago, totally be you know like a bottle of whiskey in the corner and everybody's puffing on cigars. Um, but actually, it was usually scotch, but that's okay. Oh, oh see, which is whiskey, I guess. When yeah. You... Well, Oh, fine tooth comb me. <laughs> but uh, so actually there was a trans class on um, uh, hmm. how to be an ally or, you know, learning about, you know, like trans people. And, mm-hmm. Did and you take was... it and learn something? No, because I was in the resolutions <laughs> committee. Oh, and so, which I was totally jazzed about because I was told that, um, so you can run for committees. I ran for resolution. I ended up running kind of unopposed because the guy that was running against me didn't show up. And, um, and so I got voted in. And the resolutions committee, you're literally just going through these packets of hundreds of pages and yeah. you're reading the resolutions and then mm-hmm. you have to decide how you want to amend it and then you vote up and down no, it's all a, roberts that's, rule of order that's and, a good cool. community a good community good committee, committee. oh it was uh, wonderful uh-huh. i loved it well yeah because you it. get you get first shot at everything yeah yeah, yeah. well second shot because this is after the temporary resolution oh okay yeah, yeah. But, but but they're just temporary <laughs> they aren't here for the next year yeah yeah exactly but yeah so it was it was wonderful and so i actually wanted to talk about some of the resolutions that we got passed so i was the only trans person Person who was sitting on the resolutions committee. No, and I was. Can I rephrase that? I was the only out he, trans person. No, no, you you were a trans person that You're, was out who was sitting on the resolution committee. Forget the only stuff. Okay. 
There's one, there's say, one there was one there. That's a really good thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean All right. seriously. Yeah, no, Come yeah, on. Fair, so I was a trans person on the residence yeah. committees. Yeah. No, I'm just phrase. saying, you know, yeah. the, the the only one okay, how many did you want? Fifteen? At least. I would love one from each okay. Senate district. <laughs> you know? Okay. Then that's too bad. These I'm sorry. You were the only they, one. They want it now. They want more already. <laughs> they get one. They want more. We're what underrepresented. Underrepresented. Let's get overrepresented. Like, <laughs> like right now. Remember when we were just being told we'd be shot in the streets? Like, <laughs> Well, now we're taking over everything. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, so, so what's, what's the resolutions? So the resolutions were everything from um, paid six leave uh, for workers in the state of Texas Mm -hmm. to marijuana reform and legalizing marijuana, Mm -hmm. decriminalizing marijuana up to two ounces. Uh Um, uh, There's a Sandra Bland Act that was voted on, but there were four resolutions to me that were really important. And um, I actually got to in real time lobby um, one of the resolutions being passed. So four of them um, we're all, they were all different. One was about same-sex marriage, and that was submitted uh-huh. by the Stonewall Group of Texas. And um, that one, I got to help keep it intact because in the, the last paragraph, it says, and be it further resolved that the Texas Democratic Party should encourage Texas lawmakers to introduce and facilitate passage of legislation to statutorily grant equal access to civil marriage and all its benefits to same-sex couples to recognize same-sex marriage from other states and to repeal any and all state laws denying such access benefits recognition it's really good now someone in what i can only assume they were an lgbt community member and you know good moral standing wanted to change same sex to lgbtq no, and uh, that's no. about when my arm started seizing in front of the chairwoman. I was like, "Madam Chair, please call me." And so that's when I gave a, a very heartfelt, passionate speech to the committee about how we have to keep the language of mm-hmm. same sex. How when I get married to my partner, I'm going to be in a same sex marriage because in Texas I can't amend my birth certificate mm-hmm. and this, that, and the other. And um, he rescinded his amendment, and then it was passed, and we moved on. Cool. Yeah. Wow, and that was like I was like yes, <laughs> this is what it this is what democracy is, <laughs> yes. And then so then there was another marriage uh, protection that didn't have a problem of being passed. Um, then there was two comprehensive uh, non discrimination for all Texans. One specifically called out the bathroom bills that Greg Abbott and Dan Patrick and all of these are available. I should say on the Texas Democratic Party website mm. underneath the permanent um, resolutions committee. Um, report okay and um and these were with all the amendments that we made and so this one was specifically about um bathroom bills in the texas house um and there was another one protecting gender identity uh in regard to ordinances like hero Mm -hmm. and then there was another one around non-discrimination specifically around education and public accommodations Mm -hmm. okay and so all of those are very important on their own merit Yes. And so they wanted to just then say pass the same sex one to not pass any of the other ones. Oh. So then I was like, hey, we need to look at all of them. So then we looked at all of them. And the first one we passed was really good. And then the last sentence said, um, but there are exemptions for religious freedoms. Good. And we we're like, no. <laughs> so we amended and removed that part. Because aside from that, it's very out? well. Yeah, we took that out. Fantastic. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, because we, we didn't want that in there. <laughs> well, I'm just surprised. Hell no. Nah. I'm, I'm just surprised it wasn't attacked so hard that it 
No, hey, no. Everybody. Good. So everybody yeah. on the committee um, was very much like there. There are a few people that were like, "I just want to leave," and we're like, "Why did you run to be on this committee?" <laughs> and uh, but everybody else was good nature of Democratic Party. It's our chance to really mm-hmm. state where we want the party to stand, and um, you know, like it, everybody listen to that very well so we were able to amend that one and we got the religious freedom part bumped off because it's a very well written bill um and then this one this one this one made me cry so one of them got tabled and it was a resolution supporting non-discrimination legislation and this was the one that like it says whereas lesbian gay bisexual transgender and queer texans suffer pervasive discrimination in employment housing public accommodations and education because of homophobia transphobia and lack of legal protections there's a few more paragraphs therefore be it resolved that the texas democratic party supports the passage of comprehensive non-discrimination legislation that would make discrimination based on sexual orientation gender identity or gender expression illegal in employment housing public accommodations and education while providing exemptions to these oh wait, no no that was it in education so these aren't these aren't the amended ones yet uh and so we tabled this one got tabled and it's a beautiful piece of legislation it, it's wonderfully written and uh, someone pointed out that it would be a good example for like other states or maybe other cities that want to adopt uh something and they don't know uh-huh. you know how to write it so we tabled it. We went through another 10 amendments. And while we were doing that, I made a coalition. Mm-hmm. I went up to other people that I could tell visibly were supporters of this mm-hmm. resolution. And I was like, hey, I want to you know, pull the resolution from the table. Um, can I count on your support? And this is how I want it amended. We'll take off that last bit. Um, and aside from that, I think it's a very good, well-written piece of you know, awesomeness. And so uh, we were able to get it um, pulled off the table. Um, it was seconded. We went to a vote. I stood up and gave the speech and I, about how important this is. And I said, you know, like the other, we were focusing on that this bill hit all of the walls in, in regards to expression and gender identity. Mm-hmm. But when you really look at it, this is the only thing that's really clearly laying out protections and education and public accommodation and that labels homophobia and transphobia and the lack of legal protection. That's right. This is something that I think is very important, not only for, you know, the LGBTQ community, but, you know, gender expression could be wearing a woman wearing pants on the job or a man wearing of a course. V-neck, you know? Yes. And so like when I said that, it was just like, everybody, I heard like, you know, <laughs> go across the committee and we got it passed. All and, right. and, yeah. And, and I hate amazing. to say this, but you know, one of the things is you happen to be a transgender person. You mm-hmm. happen to know this stuff firsthand yeah. as mm-hmm. opposed to hear about it someplace on the internet. Yeah, exactly. Which means mm-hmm. you can talk to it. Yeah. I mean, that, that's the reason that's so important. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but these are resolutions that then will become part of the platform. Mm -hmm. And then the platform's what people run on. And hopefully, if they get elected and they get some um, bit of control, they will start to make those laws. Yes. So we're a long way from laws, but it sort of stakes out what the Democratic Party says. Uh, I have read the current Republican platform version, it's a little different. <laughs> you think? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, would, I, I would say. I think reparative so. therapy is probably not in yours. <laughs> no. And, and, nope. and Unless you're talking the, about, like, you know, damaged roots or something. Yeah. You know, you know, that's the only reparative I mean, therapy. It, it, it's pretty that's your much. gender expression. Yeah. Yeah, it, Get your hair done, girl. Yeah, it, it's so. pretty much the harshest platform i've seen yeah yeah on the republican uh, side so at least there's a huge distinction one side or the other mm-hmm. now you know that doesn't mean that candidates will really run on it because either one of them but uh but it's sort of like that does say what the bulk of the party stands for mm-hmm. and i really think the fact that 
on the resolutions committee, there was a transgender person who was willing to speak up. Mm-hmm. It is a really cool thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was a lot really of fun. Huge. I loved it. I so loved every part of it. Now I want to take this uplifting aspect of our podcast and just drive it into the ground. Uh, so, okay. So that's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, so according to pundits, we're about to lose the Supreme Court. Uh, you know, where the, the Supreme Court thing has the right wing fired up about judicial nominations. They're going to turn out. So we may not even get our, like, blue NAMI, as they were calling <laughs> Well, actually, actually, I think losing the Supreme Court will make it much more likely that Democrats will be elected. Because I, I hope it energizes the No, 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 no. Party. Pundits are always right. Oh, pundits. <laughs> yeah, they said Clinton was the shoe in <laughs> I remember that. No chance for Trump. Yeah, we, she won the popular vote. <laughs> <laughs> wah, wah. <laughs> Actually, that's questionable. But there's another thing. <laughs> so, and 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 we've got uh, you know the Texas legislature coming up, and I think that they're all going to deport all of us. Like, unless you're you know evangelical Christian. Uh, the, and, and white, um, or the president's wife, or her, the president's wife, her, I don't care, to the president's wife. Yeah. Then, then we're all clothes. going to be shipped off into the Gulf of Mexico, and that's where we're going to live. Hey, there's some good us. fishing in the Gulf. Yeah, well, hey, that's, you know, that's that's that's. You know, I've spent many hours swimming in the Gulf, way offshore. <laughs> it's a little scary if there's no boat around. <laughs> so uh, oh, no. we're all doomed, yeah. uh, right? We're all doomed. The pundits said we're all doomed. Uh, oh, no. You know, we'll, we'll, it's going to be horrible. Uh, our our lives are over. Our political lives are over. Correct. Right. That's right. Okay. Well, See I would you later. Say Bye. It's, right now is the it's, it's a hell of a time to be alive and to be an organizer. Uh-huh. <laughs> in, in Texas or wherever you currently are, uh-huh. there's lots of work. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh yes, <laughs> that is true. I, I, I mean, but, but okay. Look, if you have if you look at the real facts. What's the chance what? okay. that we are going to get a very what? conservative justice Hold on. on the Supreme just, Court? Just one, one, one second. And I've, I've got to say something, a point that you've made before, Alexis, which is a lot of people who might be listening to this podcast grew up in an Obama era where the trajectory of equality was ever, you know, rising. Mm. You know, yeah. they, they didn't physically live in a situation where you going outside that was dangerous the idea of equal employment that was like a pipe dream you know you so you know some of us have lived through that some of us have experienced that during the obama age but you know not many of not many people have lived where you know they don't know where community is they don't know how to reach out to community they don't know how to organize they're surrounded by people who are not like them, who hate them. You know, this kind of a paradigm, to use that shitty term, um, is new to a lot of people. Yeah, and I, I think like everything else, it's not as bad as some people think it is. It's not as good as some people think it's going to be. Uh, you know, I, I think there's an extremely good chance that we will end up with a very conservative Supreme Court justice replacing a middle-of-the-road justice, mm-hmm. uh, both appointed by Republicans. And, you know, there is a chance to stop it. I actually don't think the Democrats in Congress have the nerve to do it. Uh, I think basically they're going to wimp out, and they're going to go along with it and make a deal. That's mm-hmm. a really sad thing. Um, it, 
doing what they would need to do is dangerous and it will piss off the Republicans, but personally, I thought that's what cares? part of their job was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, well, say what, because what you said, I've not heard one pundit say what you just said, what you well, said. Okay, I mean, it, it's really simple, and that is, if they do a quorum call and none of the Democrats answer present, John McCain will not answer present at, pre- at present. That makes it 50-50, if there are no Republicans missing. Uh, Democrats missing still don't answer present, so mm-hmm. that doesn't matter. At that point, the Senate can do no work. You shut the Senate down. Mm-hmm. And there will be all sorts of scurrying around. Uh, if they get all the Republicans there, then we basically create something that's going to have to, if the Democrats push it, go to the Supreme Court, which is sort of interesting given that's what they're talking about, because it is not clear that the vice president can break a quorum call tie. In fact, it's pretty clear that he can't, but I'm sure they will try to push that. So if it's 50-50, that's the way it would be. If there's one Republican missing at the time of the quorum call, they don't have a quorum. They cannot conduct business. That will be something that will really upset people. There will be a hue and cry. It's horrible, et cetera. It's no different than Mitch McConnell refusing to Mm -hmm. allow a vote, uh, you know, the last half of the Obama administration. Mm -hmm. But Mitch McConnell's ordained by God. You know, uh, it's which God? Yeah. <laughs> the Republican one. I, apparently. And, and, you know, I, I, I'm sort of a monotheistic person, but sometimes I'm like, there must be a different one. <laughs> so maybe I'm, I'm questioning that particular part of my beliefs. It's a know? giant sack of money with oh, a monocle. God. Yeah. That green God. It's a, with a monocle. It's the green yeah. God. I get it. Yes. That, that one could be. You know, but, but, I mean, I don't believe the Democrats are going to do that. I just don't think they have the nerve. And, and or organization, I, I've not one heard of the two. One political pundit say anything about that. And I'm sure you're not the only person to have thought of this procedural like uh, maneuver out there. Well, I, well, there's two or three that I've read that are like, you know, here it is. Are they really going to do it? Who knows? On the other hand, if I look at a lot of the things that the Democrats are doing in Harris County, for instance, and you know, don't know anything about the Missouri County Democrats. They seem to be like total silence. Mm. Dylan we're, does. we're trying. <laughs> <laughs> trying to get together, y'all. <laughs> well, but, but, you know, even that is way up from where they were a few years ago. Yeah, so, yeah no. <laughs> you know, and, and you know, the, the Harris County Democratic Party is doing some really weird things with who they're getting in bed with. Uh, one of the reasons that on the transgender side of things, you know, I've sort of backed away from that and started talking to moderate Republicans to see if we can count on them to protect us, because I don't think the Democrats will. And and so the history and context of that is we survived a legislative session where we had over 100 anti-LGBT, specifically T bills that were trying to be that tried to go through the legislature. And we had uh you know, Republican people in the legislature who stood in the way of those bathroom bills. And none of them made it through. That's right. And it was not the Democrats. And in fact, some of the Democrats weren't really present in that one, if you will. Uh Uh, But but there were a group of Republicans who just said, no, this is wrong. And Mm -hmm. part of it was because they figured it ruined business. I don't care why they think it's wrong. Right. (laughs) I just, you know, I just want them to know. I mean, if if they think that we can negatively affect business so they have to support us, great. I'll go with that. Because a lot of the Republicans feel like they can attack us because it sort of supports their people and they get money for it. it it's, mm-hmm. The reasons don't matter. It's the results that matter. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, there are a couple people that 
absolutely positively believe in equality, mm-hmm. and they've been attacked by some of their own party, to say the least, and, you know, they still pretty much protected us. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, from, from what I'm seeing, the Democrats in Harris County are so disorganized and doing some really weird things that I'm sort of like, you know, we need to start lining up the people to protect us come January because I really don't think the Democratic Party will, you know, locally is going to be organized enough to do that. And so if they are, that's great. Then we have double protection. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? I mean, yeah. no, it's that's, always that's better. Interesting. It's definitely, especially with people that are already elected. Yeah. You know, like you can't, you can't ignore your representatives because they're not your political party. Right. Just like they should, they can't ignore and, the And, you know, I, I mean, to me, to some extent, uh, we're going to have the same governor. We're going to have the same lieutenant governor uh, after the election that we have now. Ooh. Absolutely. So, and the reality um, is that, you know, if you, le- if you learned one thing from the healthcare uh, fight, what matters is people showing up, people calling delusion, delude, not deluding, but deluging, <laughs> a deluge of calls and letters and people dropping by a representative's office and, and protesting outside their office and, you know, standing on the corner with a bullhorn yelling at them. You know, those are the things that matter. And those are the things that, you know, got us through the healthcare debate debacle thing. And whenever it comes down to it, I think probably certainly what we're looking at is a very conservative uh, right wing theocratic uh, uh, scoutus. And I think that we're going to be looking at just as many bathroom bills uh, in the in the uh, Texas legislature. And uh, from what I see nationally, they're lining up bathroom bills throughout the nation. And uh, I think that they understand that if they have a right wing theocratic scoutus, then they will be able to if, if we fight it to the Supreme Court, they will win. And, you know, there, there are several states that are uh, starting to attack same sex marriage now. Yes. And they're getting the bills ready because they figure that they've got a second chance at it with the what they expect to be the new Supreme Court. But there's some other things going on, too. That, that Body are, autonomy issues. And, oh, yeah. But there's some other things on the other side of it, too. I mean, there, there is a group that writes most of the bathroom bills and, and sort of... Alliance Defending Freedom. Yeah, that one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they've been sued a bunch of times. And they've been sued for defamation and lying and all that sort of stuff. And they're having to fight it... Um, and my view is that this is a pile-on time. Anybody that can come up with a lawsuit mm-hmm. and sue them, you know, if five or six lawsuits are good, four or five hundred are even Step better. It yes. <laughs> it, 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 give them something to do. You yeah. know, so, so their day jobs suffer, shall we say, and all that. Yeah. Well, you know, that could slow it down a little bit. And uh-huh. in Texas, you know, if you look at, like, the top three positions, governor, attorney general, lieutenant governor, I, there is a chance that uh, – the uh, attorney general position could be flipped. It's close. And Justin Nelson? Yeah. I think he's the, yeah. yeah. And the, there's, a, there's a distinct possibility that during the election, the current attorney general will be in court <laughs> on, on felony charges. <laughs> this this yes. has to sort of hurt a little bit. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. and, and the judge in the case has sort of said, I'm tired of waiting. Yeah. <laughs> So, so, you know, it's probably going to be tried between now and the election. They, the, the request was to put it off till after the election, and the judge pretty much said no. <laughs> he said, this thing's been put off for your entire term, <laughs> you know. Wow. And so that would be interesting because if that did flip, 
then suddenly a lot of the stuff that goes through the attorney general office and all the lawsuits, uh, you know, on behalf of Texas against everything for, for practical purposes, those stop. Mm-hmm. And, and that, that could actually be pretty good. Uh, so, okay, so since every, what, what's on everybody's mind is the worst-case scenario. So let's consider the worst-case scenario. What, would, what does that actually look like for us as a community? Bathroom get, bills get passed. We have uh, theocratic scoutists. That, so we know we can't win on on anything. Abortion issues. Wait, 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 wait. I, I have to interrupt you. So you you added in. You know, we know we can't win. We know that it's unlikely that we'll win unless it a, is a clear constitutional issue when it gets to the Supreme well, Court. Yeah, There's so, five levels of court between where you win and there. Uh, well, not many things really get to the Supreme Court. Okay, so let's let's just say. Uh, uh, you know, I think with the Scoutus issue, I think that like issues of First Amendment uh, seems to be really flexible. You know, so the 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 cake thing, First Amendment. You know, oh, you know, well, we that that's an issue. But then whenever it comes to Muslim ban and considering the the purpose of the Muslim ban, uh, they're like, oh, well, you know, we, we can't actually consider what the president said. That's yeah, I think it, it's but, really weird to ban Muslim cakes, though. Yes. I will say that that's, <laughs> well, okay, of but, all the but, things... But, but, can... but, but just a minute, you know, I mean, your statement is, it actually sounds like Fox News type statements to me, because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and you could go with, I, I don't listen that much to some of the MSNBC people for the same reason on the other end. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like, you know, let, let's get real with it, because... When you really talk about it, there's courts that make law, there's courts that actually do interpretation of the Constitution, and if and then there's courts that absolutely don't do anything that show up. Um, Roberts is still probably going to be Supreme, or, you know, a Chief Justice, and it, mm-hmm. it, that sort of is flavored more by Chief Justice because how they let things go. So that's probably not going to change. Now, when you start interpreting Constitution, justices interpret it strictly, or they interpret very, and liberally doesn't mean left-wing, liberally means that they sort of make up their own definition for what the words say. Generally, conservatives interpret it strictly. Uh, now, you know, that doesn't mean, you know, like if it says that they just make no law pertaining to a house of worship. Okay, that is so darn confusing when they wrote it that nobody really knows what it means, so that one gets interpreted a lot. I can see them saying, well, we don't interfere with your religion. If it's truly your religion, do what you want. But I don't think they're going to let you sacrifice kids, for instance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like you have to have a fire exit. Yeah. And, you know, so, so it, it's like it, it's one of those relative things, if you will. Now, my view is all of this stuff, given where we've been and where we are right now with activism, um, there, there was uh, Johnny Holmes was the DA in Harris County for a really long time. Mm-hmm. Some people loved him, some people hated him. Generally, my opinion was he was fair. He basically the tried mustache. to put, he, Yes, absolutely. <laughs> he tried to put everyone in jail. He didn't care. He wanted to put you in jail. You know? <laughs> and but but he there was something he said quite frequently, and it's like if it's a bad law, enforce it. That'll get rid of it. Hmm. Yeah. Well, so if my beliefs can be used to decide I don't want to do something. Let's use that. Just like I don't happen to think that anyone who works for this administration should have a meal that is quiet for the rest of their lives. (laughs) 
they shouldn't be able to buy groceries without some hassle. Yeah. Wait, you're one of these? Oh, no. Yeah. And, and, you know, if, if they decide, guys, you know, the whole LGBT community, LGBTQI, and I, if you know other letters. Plus. Say, yeah, plus. There we go. If, if, if they decide all those people are bad, and so we decide, you know, I'm sorry, but based on what you do for a living, it's against my morals, it's against my beliefs. They're really going to have ugly places. Mm, yeah. <laughs> I, mean, so, I hate to put it this way. Their life is going to be dull. Yeah. Okay. Worst case scenario, um, what I've heard pundits saying is uh, Trump has been stacking the, the courts, the federal courts with right wing like uh, Alliance Defending Freedom selected judges left and right they've been pushing them through and that's going to define our legal system and uh so you know basically we're headed to a caliphate a christian caliphate where we're going to uh you know all of us queers we're going to all be in danger i I, I really get bothered by the logical leaps when people say that Uh, no 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 no. it's all totally logical they wouldn't you know they they wouldn't be doing this on the news no 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 the news is you know you know here's the thing yes he's yes he's been stacking the courts yes they've been doing all that stuff one there's so many things that are taken care of without getting to court it's unbelievable yeah number two you never know what someone who gets a lifetime job is going to do once he gets there. Number three, let's say, for instance, that this blue NAMI, which I think they're counting on <laughs> too much, actually that. happens. You have I to mean, put in the work. It's not just going to happen. That's what worries me. Storms are brewing I, over I, yonder. Yeah, I just I, need to sit inside. I think that's no. what a lot of people believe. And no, it's like, no, no this is to, not going to, to happen. You have to turn your one vote into 100 votes. Volunteer yes. for candidates. Yes. Knock on doors. Yes. Make yeah. phone calls. And that's Absolutely. what I don't see happening. I like to say that we tie our little boats together, right? Uh-huh. And that's what makes the yeah. wave. We all yeah. get our little canoes. And we start rocking yeah. and make the wave. Yeah. yeah, see, I like that. But yeah. let's say this happens. Okay. And let's say that suddenly uh, the House and the Senate both happen to have switched. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Possible. Yeah. It's possible. Again, sure. I don't and then we likely. put our hands under our laps and then we just sit there. Well, if they have flipped, then. And the Democrats have any nerve, they can impeach them. Yeah, they yeah. could. I yeah. mean, you can impeach judges. That's the only way you get rid of them. Mm-hmm. The other side of it is that let's say that in lots of states, the um, attorney general ends up being a fair person. Mm-hmm. I don't even care whether he's a liberal or Democrat. Mm-hmm. I don't Just care if he's a fair person. person. Yeah. You know, I know of about seven federal judges that did an oops and were prosecuted and went oh. to jail. No. <laughs> Otto Kerner, who was governor of Illinois and then became a federal judge, you know, to spend his time in prison. And I guess he's retired now. I'm not sure. Uh, yeah. And <laughs> is he in prison? I don't know. <laughs> well, he was. He was. <laughs> you know, but, but he was a judge. But there's a whole that. bunch of others. Yeah. And, and what oh, happens wow. is if you get a judge who's not being fair, frequently they do more than one thing wrong. Now, you know, if they break state laws, they're a federal judge, so they're sort of exempt from some things, but not everything. Mm. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. And, you know, it, it, it's like a lot of 
I mean, this is why Trump, for instance, is so worried about the New York prosecuting him. Oh, yeah. He's, <laughs> he's not exempt there. from that. I mean, he's totally fucked there. <laughs> yeah. You know, with, with federal, he's totally exempt from any federal law. He's so on this subject of law, I think something that I've seen a lot on like trans circles on social media and stuff is we're really understanding the importance of constitutional law versus, you know, like. Um, Supreme Court decisions and mm -hmm. executive orders, oh, yeah. and I think that you know there's a big shift on that. And I think we're, I think yeah. people that might not experience this because they're not a part of the trans community are seeing it now with the big fear of Roe versus Wade being over. Yes, oh, we yeah, have, we have to yep. concentrate on constitutional law. And, and you know, Roe versus Wade is a really shaky decision because it was a lie. Mm. <laughs> you know, we we know that now after uh, Roe came are, are out. You, are you saying that uh, Roe because uh, she she turned out to be a anti-abortion activist. Yeah, but she also recanted her testimony. Well, yeah, she's she's an anti. Uh, she she became a, like a born again Christian anti-abortion activist, uh, very high profile. Yeah, yeah. So, and so you know, so that that makes this whole thing really shaky if you mm -hmm. retry the thing, so to speak, or if you use it for precedent. And and you know, fortunately, the Supreme Court in the shortly after that said you know we're going with the precedents we have so that was mm -hmm. good but that could change too because you know they can do pretty much whatever they want mm -hmm. and, and you know the constitutional side of this i i laugh because as you probably know we handed out copies of the constitution at the last unity banquet yes it's because i'm like y'all need this yeah. <laughs> 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 you know? this is this is something you need to know yeah it makes yourself familiar you know yeah. and, and i frequently Start looking at something. I'm like, oh, this isn't this isn't it. So, so uh, okay. So, let's say that uh, the worst happens, or even just half of the worst happens. What does resistance look like? You know, in the context of Houston, you know, we've been here. We're you know from the Houston community. We know how to survive. We know how to. Uh, Organized locally, we are involved. We have a hashtag. We, we Houston, I'm sure we will have Houston hashtags. strong. Yeah, yeah. I, I think we'll. <laughs> I'm sure. We'll, I'm sorry. I just we're, have we're, we are currently trending. Somewhere. This is like really doing well. I'm sure we're going to do something I'm, more I'm than that. I'm a millennial who likes God Disney yeah. Oh no 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 no! Don't you know that once you get a hashtag and, <laughs> and it, it hits it's the done. internet <laughs> and whatever the Twitter and the other thing, it's done. It, that's actual work, you know. No. <laughs> that's what worries me and you know no. and so many people are like well i did this i'm like but but that's not that, doing that's anything not i complained online i did my job i complained so, online so I, mean, I still have to vote <laughs> yeah so, oh, Lord. okay so let's say that the worst happens or half the worst happens what does it mean to still have community what does it mean to still resist well, so so you know, the, the, the four people around this table have probably had more contact with public officials and, and candidates than, than most people. I mean, yeah, just because. Like, if but, you could just keep up with the last conversation, you're doing pretty well. Like, you're, you're above, yeah. you're but, but above was, most. But what I was going to say, to make you feel good, two think, years ago, I wouldn't be able to do that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. right. And I really don't think the average person, even if they really authentically cared, could find Are you good saying our news. listening audience is above average? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, but, 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 but let me go back to the point I was most average people can't so, find so, information to keep up with that. So ignore ignore the abnormal contact with public. <laughs> I mean, like okay. in the brain, I probably talked to 50 or 60 people I know, you know. Yeah. But, but if you ignore that, 
How many public officials do you actually interface with in a year? Usually two or three at most. Yeah. They're almost always local. Now, mm-hmm. of course, there is the situation where you get involved with somebody with the federal government because it's a really unusual thing that shows up in the press. But most people are going to deal with maybe a JP, maybe a police officer, uh-huh. maybe a district judge, you know, maybe city council. Mm-hmm. As long as those are okay, well, that's the only ones you deal with on a daily basis normally. Well, and a lot of people may not even meet political officials. They may not vote, and they may all of a sudden, you know, lose their right to housing. Their taxes may increase. They may need an abortion. They may have never had insurance. A lot of people hate Obama or Obamacare or the Affordable Health Care Act, but, like, as a private practitioner, uh, as a private practitioner, I'd never had access to insurance. Mm-hmm. A lot of the funding that would fund screenings that have had me have my wellness before would would disappear. Mm-hmm. You know, so b- before you came in contact with a cop, let's say you're just doing everything fine. You know, your resources could be lift out from under you, and you may not even know it. Well, well right now they're looking at cutting uh, Social Security, Medicaid, uh, uh, Medicare, um, and food stamps. Uh, so, you know, those those are federal level mm-hmm. issues that can af- affect yeah. people. They're but, talking about taking away. Wait a minute. P- yes. You know, there, there's a good news, bad news thing. Number mm-hmm. one, in Texas, for instance, the state doesn't provide us any real protection. That's true. That's that's absolutely you true. Know, the federal yeah. government was sort of our fallback. But to get there was like four or five years of in oh, court, yes. et cetera. Yeah. Texas yeah. has a law that we can't raise our minimum wage. Until we remove the, that law. Yes. Right. Yeah. And so, so what I'm saying is, we've sort of lived with no protection for a yes. while. Yes, we have. And and so... So for everyone listening, Houston's a good basis to and, go off And, of. you know, in Houston... <laughs> we yeah. know how to survive I mean, in the current we're conditions. Not sitting, we're not well, sitting high on the horse. But, yeah. but, but <laughs> the well, way, I didn't have nothing two weeks ago. And I still, <laughs> still ain't got nothing now. It's not like nothing's changed. Now That's I'm just going to insert it. country-like sayings. Now, the, I don't, you know, the, I don't the, ever the, do that. The thing that we did have was the threat that if this actually gets to the Supreme Court... You know, if your parking ticket that was given to you because you look trans when you parked, yeah. if that actually gets to the Supreme Court, well, the Supreme Court, we would say at that time, would probably side with us because if it was for that reason, they don't believe in that. Mm-hmm. Well, we won't be able to say that, but the chance mm-hmm. of that thing getting to the Supreme Court it's is virtually really zero, way. and whether you live long enough for it to get mm-hmm. there, if you're my age especially, mm-hmm. it's like, you know, it just doesn't go. So, so you, you sort of have to look at the practicality of it. Does that mean we don't work our butts off to try to get it changed and moving back in the right direction. Oh, no, it doesn't mean that at all. It just means that, you know, don't go out and start saying, oh, my life is over. I can't live it. Don't do any of that type stuff. And if yeah, you start and, thinking and, that, get some help because yeah. it's not that bad, people. And, and, and the, you know, d- deciding to become a misanthrope or deciding to pretend that you don't care. And the people who walk around being all, you know, edgy and everything and I don't care, I don't you know. <laughs> The reality is, the the tr- the truth is about that stance is the reality is it's just too painful to care, and you're going to pretend that you don't. The reality is that we all care about whenever we hear a queer kid in school, you know, being bullied. We had a teacher here in Texas recently fired for you know being yeah. openly gay. Mm-hmm. I mean, those things are real life-changing events and in all fairness you're going to hear 
more about that teacher being fired than you're going to hear about like Dylan running as an open trans man. Yes. You know, yeah, that's the other thing that I like to remind people is like your media basis may be very skewed and you mm-hmm. have to look out for that saturation. That's why we talk about, you know, not being completely submerged in bad media and self-care and, uh, you know, advocate fatigue because it happens. And I want to pick up on something that's very different, very, very, very different nowadays So whenever I got into uh, advocacy in the community, that was in the 90s, and we didn't have Facebook, we didn't have all this social media, like our perspective as a group of people was very much shaped by our community. It wasn't all this outside stuff. Which is you know. like word of mouth and yes. a newsletter. Yes. And the people it, that you met that with you every week or two. Exactly. And Usually it was carefully a, because you didn't want the list to get out about who was going to be there. Yeah. Exactly. And it it's was, not it, this everyday like 50 of your friends post the same thing and all of a sudden it's a big deal. It's not like every... Right. Did everyone keep a trans count of like this person was brutally murdered and this person was brutally exactly. murdered? Exactly. And it, when you get number 15 or 16 messed up with whoever ever's list, did they come down? down Mm -hmm. on you and be like you're on the wrong number with the wrong person and you don't care all of the energy that's put into dealing with all of those stories that are coming at you every single day and and all of these various media forms was spent like working together as a committee you know meeting and 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 producing opinion pieces newsletters etc oh yeah yeah and if you want to say something we have a lot of them in the archives we were our (laughs) source of news we were our source of news and what if you've if you pay attention to the media landscape what you've seen is over the past decade decade and a half is a huge media consolidation not only like in mainstream media right but you know uh, Billy Crow uh, project got subsumed by another thing that got subsumed by another thing. So all these little independent, you know, queer media sources, they're getting eaten up. I mean, so not only are have we gone from and, this and, context. And, yeah. And, and part of that's because of success. It's sort sure. of like, you know, sure, Montrose sure. area, which was the gay area of town, right. is being gentrified. It's because it's the place that people want to live. Of and course. so the values go up. But what that really means is that somebody who bought their house for $20,000 30 or 40 years ago, you know, now they, they now retire on selling it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, literally. So so it's sort of a success thing. And I mean, if a, piece, if a media mm-hmm. uh, source gets purchased, it's because it's doing good. But, uh, and I'm not saying you know, that that's necessarily bad. What I'm saying is that our perspective is pulled in so many different directions that was not so prevalent back in the 90s. It, you know, it was very easy. I remember, you know, I had these issues that I was focused on and that I just plugged away on and we would meet on the weekends and we would all plug away on it together. And that was what we did. And, you know, we're, I think we are going to need to train ourselves to be involved in a community way. And, uh, you know, as you said, a a hashtag, a tweet is not being involved, Mm -hmm. you know, Getting getting the pulse of your community, the health of your community, the, your political standing in your community, that comes from being really for real involved. And mm-hmm. being for real involved doesn't mean being behind a computer. It means showing up. I mean, and, showing up is almost the entire thing. Well, and, and part of it, and, and I ask people this all the time, you know, you get people who have real concerns and real issues. I mean, there's no question about it. They're valid and everything else. And I'm like, so... 
who, what public officials, who of your representative you talked to about it? And they're like, well, what do you mean? I'm like, there are people who are paid, elected, they represent you. You need to talk to them about mm -hmm. it. I mean, I can tell them you said that, but that's totally different than you talking to them. Right. And a couple of times, because of where we were, they'd be like, I'm not sure I could ever do that. And I'm like, come on, let's go talk to them. There's two of them standing right over there. Yeah. <laughs> you and know? If, if, you know, if you're listening out there and you feel like you have a good idea for your community, like, do just that. Talk to someone who can do something about it. And, mm -hmm. and, you know, they might say they don't agree with you and all like that. They'll usually be polite. A few people aren't. I mean, I think of a couple that won't be polite, but that's yep. no big deal. It's just speech. And remember mm -hmm. that this is going to be an external dialogue. So it's not going to be an internal conversation with your community. You're going to have to be mindful of the yeah. way you speak to elected officials so that they'll, they'll understand where you're coming from. You'll lay out your ideas and you can't be too incredibly aggressive and, first time. Well, and, and one of them too is, let's say there's somebody who has campaigned how supportive they are etc and you start to get pushed back on what you thought they were for uh, push back mm -hmm. yeah. they, they represent you mm -hmm. and I mm -hmm. mean it's it's funny because so many people are like oh, I couldn't do that I'm like yes you can what does pushback look like <laughs> yeah what does pushback look like mm -hmm. it's like wait a minute I thought you said when you were running this this and this and they're like well and and just challenge them on it if you think they're wrong. Now, if they explain it and you're like, oh, okay, I see what you're talking about. This is how you do it. Uh, you know, I mean, we, the people around here, have talked to lots of candidates and lots of elected officials. And some of them do absolutely positively know exactly what they're talking about. And after you talk to them, you see where it's going and it's all good. Others have no clue. And they well, really don't. And, and at that point, educate. In all fairness, like... I personally do talk to politicians through the political caucus. So those are politicians that show up to actually have that conversation. If you were looking at the state of Texas, like Ted Cruz has yet to be found and he lives in Houston. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And, and well, I would say that the average person that I know, and I, that's not a put down, I'm just saying like, you know, you're, you're, you're average ally, you have a great life, you're, you're doing what you're doing and you care has been flooded with, um, you know, call this representative for this issue and this issue and this issue and this issue these last two years. I've mm -hmm. seen more people call their representatives and find out who are my representatives. Okay, mm -hmm. just give me a list or call the wrong ones. And, and, and those oh, yeah. uh, people, the representative staff members have to say, you know, we, we appreciate you calling. We're going to make a note of it, but the, we're not your representative. Like mm -hmm. you're in, and I've even had people personally, when I called them, like find, okay, and then here's the representative for this, or here's the number for that. Like they've been actually really nice. If you do call to say your piece, if you do write a letter, um, yeah. I do know a lot of people who are writing the white house like crazy. Um, and getting no responses. I mean, in all fairness, I've seen a lot of people take up <clears throat> expressing their voice than I had maybe four years ago, than mm -hmm. I had maybe five years ago. You and know? that's a huge difference. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, you know, you, I look at it and if you take this part of the state where we are, I've probably talked to every Democratic candidate and virtually every Republican candidate for office. Mm -hmm. And... I've had good discussions with all of them. Some of them I don't agree with at all. And some of those are Democrats. Some of them are Republicans. Some of them I think would be horrible uh, representatives, et cetera, mm -hmm. horrible, uh, you know, office holders. And there's Republicans and Democrats with there. Some of them I think would be fantastic. You know, so so part of it is, though, you, you just have to mm -hmm. step up and say, look, these are the things I'm concerned about and I vote. 
Mm-hmm. Now, if you stand up and you say, these are the things I'm concerned about and I just don't bother to go vote, it's a waste of time, I'm guessing you'll get a different reception. So, yeah. So, I mean, uh, Dylan could tell me you were a candidate. Yeah, I mean, how, does that, how, does that, that would be more of a turnoff, I'm guessing. I'd want to get them engaged to vote. Now you're going to talk about voting. We, yeah. You get your points. Yeah. You know? So how do we keep people from like going, you, you know... I, I I don't matter, you know. Right. I, I've I've put in two years of phone calling yep. people, and you know I've lost the scoutus. So, we we've lost the house. We've got bathroom bills. Yeah, you we know. have we have we've immigrant got, kids maybe being shipped to our backyard in Houston. Okay, wait, wait. This is not an LGBT issue. This is a general humanity issue that you just jumped to. Well, well of course. I'm sure. I'm just saying. Yeah. yeah. You know because. That, to me, is like huge Fifth Amendment violations with no due process. Of course. I mean, Fifth Amendment does not say citizens. Well, I mean, (laughs) according to Trump, he said, you know, we're just going to, you know, if if uh, an immigration officer thinks that you might be, you know, uh, so-called illegal alien, they'll just, you know, shift you off someplace. Okay, but but, but, but (laughs) let's do a little fact check. Uh Uh-huh. Under the Obama administration... The Obama administration's attorney general felt that there were no rights for people coming across the border. They did not deserve due process. They supported that. Mm-hmm. In addition, they heavily supported seizure of assets if you believe the oh, person asset might seizure, have yes. to have been, might be guilty of something. Yeah. No due process, not, nothing No else. due process and, and no... And now, the Trump administration yes. is taking some of that to an extreme, mm-hmm. but... Obama for eight years went right along with that, did the whole thing. I don't know when it started. I keep I've tried to research it and I can't figure out for sure who started it. But but the fact is this isn't like Democrats clean. Mm-hmm. And they could have fixed that at any time. Mm-hmm. So so you know it my view is it's a Washington view. I mean, I don't know who came up with this whole idea that you have no rights against uh, you know, unwarranted search and seizure if you're within hundred miles of the border. Because yeah, if you're within 100 miles for of the border, a long time. Oh, it had, that's been there for a really long time. You know, Border Patrol can stop you and search you mm-hmm. without a warrant. Yeah. I have looked all through the Constitution to find that. It's just not there. Wow. <laughs> and, and, you know, it's an so, interpretation that was made, I think, by the Supreme Court saying, well, this is national security, which trumps the Constitution, but it really doesn't, and they don't really believe that. So, okay, so how, how do we... Uh, so, okay, what do you do if if you're feeling like, okay, I'm defeated. They got me. The right wing, the fundamentalists, yeah, you know, I don't care won. about the R's. I don't they care about won. the D's. I'm but tired I, of I, all the news. I don't, you know, why, why continue? I don't even watch why, the news anymore. You know, let, yeah. Why, why come out of the closet? There's plenty of people that what? don't even associate with GLBT people or during political government, you know. What would you tell yeah. them from a Houston perspective? Turn the news off, recharge, go do something that will relax you and give yourself a break because the news will wear you down. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I mean, you can be the most strident activist in the world and you need a break. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And I really appreciate Dylan coming and highlighting some of the policies that people are working on and, you know, looking at so, some of the rewards because you're probably not, uh, you know, going to find that in a search. You're probably not going to know that that happened. I, I know more people mm-hmm. that know about the pride parade happening than, than what you yeah. were talking they, about they, in all fairness, there. you know? Yeah. Um, and then this, this, mm-hmm. this podcast gets people in other countries and we have other divisions that are taking on their own media. So, I think it's great to um, have them bring in the people who are sitting at those tables that are doing something to actually bring their voice to the table to get that out there amongst all this other saturation. And I appreciate you being here. And, and you know, it, I, you. I, I keep saying this word about reading things, and, and I know it's it's not popular. I'm, I don't know whether the Democratic Party does it or not, but they should have you know audio available and audio reading of the platform so people can listen to the platform. That's a great idea. I mm-hmm. just thought about that, but but you know seriously, people, you should go read the Democratic and Republican platforms in your state. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, and, and the audio can be very helpful. And, yeah, and maybe I'll just read it and for. upload a file somewhere. And yeah, that'd, that'd be, be great very to YouTube. Cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and it's mm-hmm. sort of like, you know, read it if you like one much better than the other one that tells you that at least in a whole this is what those people think now does that mean there's isn't someone you know if you don't like the platform does that mean there aren't people candidates that might be really good no of course not because some of them aren't going to follow it and does that mean that if you love the platform that every candidate's going to follow it nope not the way it works (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. but but your chances are better if the platform (laughs) is is something to your liking so go read them because they are drastically different i would also encourage you to read the libertarian platform Mm-hmm. Libertarians are actually running in a lot of races this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So wait, wait, wait. So do you mean libertarian, actual libertarian, or the so-called Republican libertarian? The Libertarian the Party, and I don't care who they are. <laughs> <laughs> it's the people who stood up and said, I'm running as a libertarian. Okay. Which, if you think about that, you got to be pretty courageous, because all you're going to get is a lot of pushback. Yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, go... Go look at these things, and if you get all upset about one party or the other, then it's okay to be against them because they're negative, et cetera, and and go out and say, "Gosh, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna push for the other party because of." Or you can go and be negative toward the party you don't like. I mean, guess what? That's part of the stuff that's in the Constitution. So yeah. uh, to to kind of vamp off of what you just said, you know. Before we had Obama, before we had some of the changes that we had, before we had housing, non-discrimination, before we had any of those things, and things were really bad, you know, in retrospect, um, the way that I kept my head above water is to find my community, work on local issues, work on educating people and keep a local profile. But, you know, hell yeah, if you want to like interface with people nationally, that's great. And we did that, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, but, you know, get to work in your own jurisdiction, in your own area, you know, find your people organize outlets like art matters you know absolutely meetups matter not social groups groups all the times like you've got to have some yes yes the other thing is if you become known and you become um someone that the community is aware of and that they've worked with um then suddenly 
you start to become a little bit indispensable as part of the broader community. Mm-hmm. I mean, the the fact that I think half the people at Pride said hi to Robin <laughs> by name. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Yeah. I mean, at one point, Alexa's like, is there anybody you don't know? <laughs> and, 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 you know, and, and, and it's like, and Robin's like, I have no clue. Some of these people. But, but, but in general. Robin's actually the reason I got part of the community. See, there right. you go. <laughs> and, 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 you know, this is funny because it gives you more of a voice because yeah. mm-hmm. lots and lots of right. people know who you are and those sorts of things. I mean, it, it's actually pretty cool when, you know, the mayor says hi by name mm-hmm. and wasn't prompted. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and it may be because the mayor knows you because you're on their side, or it may be that you aren't on their side. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter, but, but it's civil and those sorts of things. So, so, you know, as much as you're comfortable being out there, do that. Mm-hmm. Let people know mm-hmm. you. Right, and there, and, and the more known you are, the more, uh, like, what do I say, nourishment you have to get on your own time. Yes. You know, yeah. I always say personally, like, as much as I'm willing to do for community, my wellness has to be even more mm-hmm. than that. Mm-hmm. And, and, and my relatedness to people who know what I'm talking about have to be. Uh, has to be higher. So, I mean, it does take up some calendar time. I mean, have you noticed uh, the mm-hmm. more people that know your name, the more calendar time it takes up, Dylan? Yeah, so my partner and I have had to have a conversation. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes. Start local. Yeah, I'm, yes. I'm not allowed, and yes. you know, I'm not allowed to take on too much, and it makes sense, you know, because she'll see a change in my demeanor mm-hmm. and my mental yeah. health. Mm-hmm. And not only that, but we'll have no time and it'll take a toll on our relationship mm-hmm. and on her, you know. Right. So we, it's just everything that you're saying is and, 100% and these true. Are, these are things that happen yeah. and you have to negotiate, you know, what your boundaries are even firmer mm-hmm. and because you do start to be called upon for different things. It was last week I came for the the podcast and I had two very different uh, questions. You know, Robin, how do I find the right insurance for my wife's top surgery and, I, and you know, I'm like, how would I know your insurance or your doctor? <laughs> you know, like that's really, you know, that's so very I mean, specific. So, but but yeah. when you become someone who people listen to amongst all the saturation, I think we're just saying like, take even more time to take care of yes. yourself because this it, is not a season where we're going to have those amazing sort of instant breakthroughs or those really big legislation super passes mm-hmm. that we've gotten, you know, rejuvenated from and had those victories. This is a season where we need to learn how to you know, hold our ground and lift ourselves up together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you have Absolutely. to remember that here in Texas, starting now, uh, you know, we're going to be getting people starting to really heavily actively run for the general election in November. So mm-hmm. we'll have elections there. In Houston, we have a couple of elections between now and then. We have a JP election, and then we have a bond issue and, and those sorts of things. So, so it's going to be politics as not normal but heavy politics between now and November. When November happens, then in Texas, the legislature will know who's going to be in the legislature. So they'll start all of their work with all the new people with and, the bathroom and all and like stuff. that. And yeah. so that'll, that'll pop off in January. And run through the middle of next summer, which, by the way, puts us into another election cycle. Yes. And I would also really stress to educate 
for there to be more people that know the things that you're fighting about. Mm -hmm. Because when you have more time to have for yourself, when you're educating and giving other people the same tools that you have and the same skills that you have, and we can have, you know, and and kind of disperse that out, Um, like getting ready for the legislature uh, next year, the next open session, you know, like now's a good time to start talking to our communities and the people that we're with and making backup plans and make a backup plan for your backup plan. If you Mm -hmm. are starting something in your neighborhood, you know, and you're like, well, I want, we need another speed bump and I'm getting a petition together. I'm talking to my neighbors. I'm going to lobby our city council for a speed bump Mm -hmm. and have a backup plan in case it doesn't work out. It might seem very simple, you know, like why would anybody vote against speed bump? But you know, like Chuck on city council might have a cousin, Paul, who runs, um, you know, a wrecker service. So he gets more money when there's not a speed bump. Mm -hmm. And so he could lobby against the other city council member Mm -hmm. against speed bump. You know, all these kinds of things can happen. And so all very hypothetical but have a backup plan and don't be afraid to educate those around you. Mm-hmm. And and as you suggested, it's not only, you know, especially as we go into this season and what I mean, like the political season, this moment of time where it's defined by a lot of hostile individuals, uh, you know, being engaged and resisting locally will look like you said, host a you know like an art show uh have a potluck you know meetups those things are really critically important right it's really uh, especially hot. in these moments movies. you know go to Q-Fest. Th- th- go to netflix exactly you know, it's okay exactly. to be inside yeah you you definitely want to be involved with your community you definitely want to uh find those community members you can count on to talk to um you know you need to get local Mm -hmm. you know we're not going to be able to you know you know the the problem of trump pence Mm -hmm. uh theocrats right winger you know all that stuff that's not going away tomorrow Mm -hmm. what we what you need to do is think local and whenever you get real local, especially whenever you get to your community, you can do things that do make one hell of a difference. And I don't know about you, but, you know, that really recharges my batteries whenever I see some sort of local thing happen. And, you know, that new person comes in, they're like, oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, I can't, I'm home, you know, mm-hmm. and, you mm-hmm. know, and you mm-hmm. made that space possible. That's, right. that's a, an amazing feeling. Yeah. And it's, so, I mean, that's, that's what we need to do. And, right. and, you know, thinking about that, when you talk about getting local, you know, we talked earlier in the podcast about the pride parade, we had 127, 126, 127 people walking with us. Aww. This is a lot of people. It's yes. amazing. It, we, we had 45 people home with the, build, the float build. Oh my God. Which is awesome. where so I meant We had almost yeah. 40 and they're like, okay, I think there's too many people. So some people left, which <laughs> yeah, they were like, we didn't we're going to go eat, but you could call us back. Like, <laughs> you know, that's awesome. And, yeah. and, and, you know, and, and we had a couple political campaigns. We had all sorts of other things. But the other part of it was in the parade, there were probably 50 or 60 political campaigns. Wow. And so, you know, I was That's spending amazing. a lot of time walking over saying hi to all the politicians and all that. And so were some of the politicians with the, and, and you know, it, it's a type thing. Guess what? Hmm. What that's saying is, yeah, we're here. Don't forget about us. 
we had huge banners that were actually sort of cool on a fire truck. Did I mention the fire truck? Yeah, the Megan, Megan fire truck. Megan's <laughs> fire truck. Megan's yeah. fire truck. Exactly. Because I didn't know y'all had the fire truck until I actually called Megan about something else. Uh-huh. And we're talking, and I've got a volunteer that lives in Katy, and they want to help with Shree, but it's just too far to go to like right. Sugarland area. Right. And I was like, oh well, there's a can of Megan. She's endorsed by the caucus, and so I called Megan and talked about it. She goes, you know, my fire truck's gonna be with TFA and the parade. And I was like, no, oh my god. <laughs> And it was great. I, mean, I had, had no idea how many people like fire trucks. <laughs> people oh. love fire they trucks. Love fire trucks. I mean, my first thing when that came it's out, the I'm only like, thing that's red that'll get so much attention. <laughs> yes. Right. I'm like, yes, that's a yes because it's a fire truck. Yeah. I don't know about the rest of the rules. <laughs> and then I'm like, okay, so who's the can? Oh yeah, we did endorse it. Good. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but but you know that sort of stuff is just pretty much like everything else it's just like be involved be known and get your point out and you know locally things aren't bad mm-hmm. nationally oh i think they're going to get better but i think it's going to get worse before it gets better yeah. so so you know that's where we're going so hey folks thank you so much again for sharing another hour of your time with us um and you know we will catch you again next week thank you again dylan for being here and telling us what's going on uh and thank you so much for being there and ensuring that certain uh proposals uh, get supported and that a trans voice is heard thank you for doing that so we will see you next week Bye. 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 (laughs) Thanks for listening to another edition of the Trans Advocate Podcast. We are a project of the Transgender Foundation of America, a 501c3 nonprofit organization. Your support makes what we do possible. Resistance means nothing without supporting elected officials who won't attack trans, intersex, and queer children in our schools. They can't vote, so you're going to have to do it for them. If you live in the U.S. and are not registered to vote, we can help you with that at our site. Register and vote, no matter what. The Trans Advocate Podcast was produced by Kristen Williams. All rights reserved. The Trans Advocate is a project of the Transgender Foundation of America, a 501c3 nonprofit. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast do not necessarily reflect those of the Trans Advocate or the Transgender Foundation of America.